The Down for Disruption podcast may contain language and subject matter such as trauma, abuse, sexual violence, mental crisis, homelessness, and other sensitive topics that some may find unsettling or offensive. Views expressed by the host are not that of the Alive Network or its affiliates, nor is any commentary a substitute for medical or clinical advice and treatment. Listeners are welcome to explore the opinions and suggestions of any invited expert as they do so choose, but medical recommendations of any kind will not be made by any Alive Network party nor its affiliates. The Alive Network and its affiliates assume no responsibility nor liability for any undue distress or harm one should cause as a result of any spoken or written commentary by either the host or guests that listeners misinterpret or take out of context. We thank you for your support. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Down for Disruption, the safe sandbox for black and brown women over the age of 40 who are struggling to survive midlife events and a mental health diagnosis. It's a lot, y'all. I am your host, the menopausal misbehave her, AJ Wright's mental, that's W-R-I-T-E, mental. Here in the Safe Sandbox, we will heal, we will support one another. All of my magnificent melanin ladies and those who you know feel hopeless or think they're diagnosable. We're going to talk about generational trauma, family dysfunction, accountability, and hold each other's hands. You'll hear from some great therapists on the show. And hey, we're going to take notes and really, really support one another. So climb into the safe sandbox if you can relate. Whether your issue is hot flashes, wild going through bipolar episodes, generalized anxiety about about mammogram appointments, hell, dating after divorce and broken vibrators. Listen, down for disruption, we're going to talk about it all. We're going to get educated. We're going to have fun. And hopefully this is a place where you can self-soothe and self-care. Enjoy the show. Well, hey, ladies. How y'all doing? Y'all came back. I know I always say that because <laughs> it seems like, you know, the, the episodes get just a little haywire week by week by week. But I want people to understand the realities of mental health disorders and the type of often undiagnosed trauma that black and brown women are going through and how that manifests, you know, years and years and years of being untreated or years and years and years of just being tired and living in survival mode, how that manifests into our lives and what that looks like after the age of 40, when we're already dealing with a bunch of crap, like, you know, colonoscopies and estate planning and Medicare and our hard-headed mamas whose diapers we have to change. It's a lot. It's a lot. So today's episode, I told y'all this one was coming. <laughs> you think I wrote some some wild stuff so far with Lashana, who was throwing things at her kids and Carol with her profound denial about her depression and and empty nesting. And then Tracy, unfortunately, which like I told y'all, that's my life. That 90% of these stories, you know, have some truth to them. Oh, but Tracy and, and all of that stuff with the mama from the Caribbean, that was entirely true. And I know there are a lot of Tracys out there who are listening. I know. And that's why I bring these therapists on the show. So hopefully we can sit in a safe sandbox and heal. Now, today, this is my soapbox. So I'm, I, I, I might sound a little angry or, or insulting or sarcastic, but we got to address this. Today's episode is episode 11. So what? I'm grown. Mental health and arrested development. Ooh, no, I'm not talking about the music group. Um, um, okay, put it like this. The grown women we got out here acting a stone fool. I mean, just unhinged, aggressive, you know, what folks like to label as just ghetto or hood rat behavior. You, you know, world star, the Walmart fights, the Waffle House fights, the, the aggression, the what the hell? 
what's wrong with some of us? So we have an incredible expert, of course, to to discuss this, <laughs> you know, and this woman has been a, a clinical trauma recovery therapist guru for over 23 years. There's, I, I told y'all, I hunt for people whose expertise has to do with whatever it is the show is about, right? And you guys have seen that for the last 10 episodes. So if you're just joining us, welcome to season two. Now, today we have all the way from the state of Kentucky, Fran Harrison. Fran is a licensed professional clinical counselor from way over there. (laughs) Like I said, she's been a therapist for 23 years and she, you know, her area of expertise is a couple of things. Trauma focused, CBT, and then she can tell you what, what that is. Alternatives for families, CBT, race based trauma treatment. How many times have I said to but what at least four of the the last how many of our experts like yo how how do we state our case or advocate for ourselves to uh practitioners who don't look like us without us being documented as non-compliant or <laughs> belligerent or or you know what I mean? So yeah, Fran is a good one. She even trains staff at the mental health agency where she works in topics such as ACEs. We've talked about the ACE study, y'all, but I'll, I'll let Fran touch on that a little bit, as well as racial trauma, compassion fatigue, and self-care. So Fran is your one-stop shop when you're just about to melt down and to just say F life. Okay. Hey, Fran, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good to talk to you. You as well. I be stalking y'all on um, IG. Like, yeah, I got to have her on the show. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not, like I've said before, it's, it's not a case of, oh, this person has a nice title. Let me invite them on the show. Oh, no, hell. I'm in LinkedIn. I'm on your your website. I mean, if I could find your dissertation, I want to know that too. I, yeah, I try to find folks who are experts in what we're talking about. So touch on the ACE study. And why that's important to today's episode, especially dealing with arrested development. Yes. So the ACE study, so ACE stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And so there was a study back in the early 90s, late 80s, um, asking questions about it originally it was asking about obesity and why there were some people who could lose weight and some people who couldn't. So, but then they, they started to ask questions. How old were you during your first sexual experience? And people were saying things like seven, four, five. So they went further and said, Oh, we need to find out what type of things have been happening to people um, under the age of 18. And so, the first study was mostly white, mostly educated, mostly those over 50. But then they did an expanded study in Philadelphia. So it had more people of color and African-American, you know, uh, expanded it more. But basically, you know, if you have at least four or more of these adverse childhood experiences, it's not a death sentence, but it can lead to certain health problems, the sexual abuse, physical abuse, neglect, having someone constantly downgrade you, you know, the lack of support. Those things can cause you to have increased health problems as you get older. And so when you see a lot of people dying in their, you know, late 40s, early 50s, now I train my brain to say, okay, what what else is going on? You know, what did they die of? But then what happened to them before? So, yeah, so definitely I know we'll talk more about that today with the scenario. Okay, okay. That's... That's good. Um, and for those who want to find out a little bit more about the ACEs study, Adverse Childhood Experience, and what happened then has to do with now, right. Dr. Nadine Burke Harris, B-U-R-K-E, has a phenomenal TED Talk all about ACEs and what it is and how they compute stuff and all of that on 
YouTube. You may see the one, a 15 minute one from eight years ago, and she's wearing the red dress. That's the most popular, but she's Mm -hmm. done a lot of teaching on ACEs and, and how that affects us. So we want to talk about arrested development today because is it just me, friend? Like within the last 10 years, the whole damn world has just lost their minds. <laughs> I mean, like really, I don't think it's just me. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yes. And then the thing about it is when when you're behaving well, you don't get as much attention either. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, yeah. we're, we're out there, you know, we're, we're definitely going through some, <laughs> some mental health changes, but it's also like, you know, it, if you're a housewife of Atlanta and your, your storyline's not popping when you're the good girl, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give more but, attention to the bad, to the you know the bad girl club. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I did not see this growing up, and I graduated in '95. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the the students fighting the teachers. I mean, yeah, you've always had that one mom who should not have had kids, and now they got the kids out there t- twerking mm-hmm. and acting a fool, and it's mom sponsored. But mm-hmm. yeah, now it's a whole bunch of moms <laughs> doing this foolishness. Right. Or, yeah. or the, like, I'm thinking, y'all can Google this stuff. I'm not making it up. The mm-hmm. black chick, who was it a month or so ago, rammed her truck into the side of Popeye's because they ran out of biscuits. Come on now, what the hell wrong mm-hmm. with us? You know, the the chick recently, a couple of days ago, she stormed into, what was it, Walmart? And just mm-hmm. started taking wine bottles and throwing it everywhere, mm-hmm. like an entire aisle of busted wine bottles. And then, you know, the pandemic mm-hmm. locked everybody up for two years and everybody went berserk. And now we're all falling apart. Right. You know, this 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 woeful dependence on technology has got us screwed up in the heads. We can't do anything manually, especially the younger generation. You know, it's AI, it's Alexa, it's Siri, it's YouTube, you know, and I've said forever, and I'm sorry, this is just my rant. We are literally living in a time that, you know, George Jetson meets 1984 meets Handmaid's Tale with a little behold a pale horse thrown in. That's where the F we are. So anyway, what is arrested development? Please explain and how it happens, especially as it relates to trauma. Well, arrested development occurs when somebody is basically just stuck. They're stuck somewhere. So they're stuck in adolescence. They're stuck in childhood. And usually people get stuck when a traumatic event has happened, I'll give an example. I worked with a family a long time ago. The mom, she had she had a child at 16 and I was working part of an in-home team trying to work to make sure this oldest child and his siblings weren't removed by Child Protective Services. So just trying to keep it stable. And you could tell it just seemed like she hated the child, you know, this oldest child. And, you know, it just appeared that when that when that child was born, it's almost as if she was stuck at 16 in mm-hmm. that, you know, pretty, you know, immature, you know, responses toward him, you know, very difficult to to you know, say something positive to him if he was doing well. And of course, you know, if he's getting in trouble in school, of course, she's reprimanding him. But in terms of just being able to be, you know, give the nurturing and the structure, you know, she really was struggling with that. But that's just an example of sometimes we can get stuck. You know, sometimes let's say if someone experiences sexual abuse at a young age, they may get stuck at that age if it happens at seven or eight. They're kind of stuck psychologically there. You're you're looking at a grown person, but then yeah. inside, you know, everything is still screaming, okay, this this is a child in the way that they act. So they're like just uh, I guess the way I've always understood arrested mm-hmm. development to be, you know, you by arrested, like you said, you are stuck at a certain age of development that, you know, manifest in behaviors that's completely immature, infantile, or just inappropriate for the age you are now. Right. That's, that's, that's the way that 
I've always understood it. Reason why we have 45 year olds in a club every weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and he, you guys, this one is for the books today. Y'all know I always got a story. And today we will meet Ron Trees. Ron Trees is just like G for ghetto, but there is good reason. So in terms of, you know, symptoms or symptomology, an undiagnosed illness that a, a lot of us have just been carrying and we, we're seeing it, you know, ooze out of us in very mm-hmm. destructive ways in our 40s. And, and, and in terms of those symptoms and undiagnosed illness as it of relates to Black women, why does it seem like unresolved issues manifest as anger or indignance or, you know, ghetto, even self-harming, just destructive behaviors later on? What we're seeing with the Waffle House and Walmart videos. Yeah, it, it seems like the it's like it's like depression gone wild in a way, because, you know, I think we picture depression as this person and it and it does happen. They don't want to get out of bed. You know, they they don't want to go to work. But there's a lot of people functioning with depression. But we forget about irritability as part of depression as well. But, you know, our society likes to look at us as angry black women anyway. So some of us make it a little bit easier <laughs> with some of our behaviors. But, you know, that irritable person that we're saying, oh, she's got an attitude problem or why she has such a bad attitude. Why is she always arguing? Why is she always fussing with people? That kind of stuff. That can be depression at times. Now, that doesn't give you a right to go upside somebody's head with uh, the beer bottle or whatever, but it's a lot of undiagnosed depression going on. And, and pair that with the fact that we, you know, are many times the villain in society. It's like, oh, well, blame blame the black woman for for the different problems that are happening or or why would you let your man do this or why would you let your man do that it's it's like a recipe for disaster the the irritability the undiagnosed that depression nobody sometimes women don't have anyone to talk to because they're trying to hold up the world and then all of a sudden here you are you know behaving badly out in public it's like, oh, OK, you've got more going on than just a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, I'm, I'm glad you said we've been holding up the the world. There's no safe spaces, you know, and I said this and I forget what episode, maybe episode four. There's white women's tears. There's no such thing as black women's tears. We can't, unlike Susie, we can't collapse in the middle of the floor in the lobby at Bank of America and start crying. And, and, you know, the whole world will come to our rescue and say they're there and give us Kleenex. Hell, we're lucky if somebody notices. (laughs) Right. Um, Or the cops will get called and we'll get put out of there or maybe sit in a 72 hour hold for (laughs) being, you know, a disturbance of some sort. Yeah. You're trespassing. <laughs> yeah. So there's no safe spaces for us. A lot of us have been exposed to inappropriate things or violated in some way as little girls and then became women well before we were ready. It's been like compounding things over the years until one day, like I said, it just oozes out. You know, we can all think of that one disgruntled auntie or godmother or that one person in the neighborhood. We know she just always pissed. You know, mm-hmm. hey, good morning. What do you mean good morning? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, right. right. She did not just wake up pissed off like that. Exactly. She didn't just wake up hating the free world like that. You know what I mean? So it, it comes out as I think the anger comes out of frustration. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and us not knowing, you know, there's just no, put it like this, this, this recent young lady, the guy who hit her in the, the, the face with a brick because right. she declined his advances. I said two things. We need to teach men. I mean, everybody, but particularly mm-hmm. men and boys, 
emotion regulation and impulse control for yes. the time from the time they are little babies. Mm-hmm. They they have to hear the word no reinforced and understand two other things: consequences, boundaries, and consequences. Yes. And when there's the absence of all four, you see what the hell we're seeing now. Okay. Exactly. You think about the amount of empathy that goes when someone, let's say a white male, we here in uh, Kentucky, we had a uh, white male shoot up a bank. Um, and people were killed. But the amount of empathy and, hey, I wonder why he did this. You know, there's there's that pause and let's figure out why he did that. And black women don't get that same amount of care of, hey, why is she, you know, in the club every weekend? OK, what what kind of need is she trying to feel, you know, at, at 45, 25 mm-hmm. is different. But, you know, it's like, why are you yeah. doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, somebody mentioned it on a podcast, the police officer, what was it last year, two years ago that arrested? I mean, blame the teacher for even calling the cops for this. Mm-hmm. They are taught classroom management, but he mm-hmm. arrested two six year olds, black girls for throwing tantrums at school. And eventually, you know, he was fired and the uh, district attorney or whatever, you know, she said, of course, the the charges will be dropped. She said on my watch. I, I am not going to participate in any way in the school to prison pipeline. This should not have happened. And you don't meet emotional behavior with, you know, punitive behavior. Right. So when, when we're little girls, somebody needs to, you know, get to the root of why two six-year-olds are having tantrums at school. Not right. call the cops. So I wonder what's going on in that teacher's heads. I told you, everybody's just losing their damn minds. I will get to Ron Treese's just a second. We got about 25 minutes. How do you know, especially when people have normalized things, Fran, how do you know or what are some signs that a person is spiraling? And can you give us some actionable steps, like maybe one, two, three, four, to you know help ourselves or somebody else when we're noticing certain behaviors, when is it a red flag? And I would say the red flags would be one would be the the signs of depression as far as, OK, if they're either eating too much or not eating enough. Oh, I just don't feel like eating today. And oh, the, the the problems with sleep of, oh, you know, I slept 16 hours or, oh, I'm fine on two hours sleep. I'm fine on three hours sleep. And as we talked about that irritability, you know, those those outbursts, you know, in public that draw attention of, you know, we're we're enraged every time we go to the store and deal with the cashier or we're enraged every time we go to pump gas and. And, you know, we feel like everybody's against me, but it's like, okay, you might be the only common denominator in that, you know, you're having Mm -hmm. all of these outbursts and, and it's going on, you know, some outbursts are so outrageous. You might not have to wait two weeks, but usually if you're having these issues for two weeks with the sleeping, the eating, the irritable mood, and then you mentioned self-harm, self-harm behaviors, definitely suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. any any gestures towards, you know, you've gone beyond the thoughts to making a plan. You know, mm-hmm. you know, those are definitely the, the urgent red flags of you need to get some help now. So those being some main signs and then just ways to help with that um, immediately. You know, some people have more support than others, but starting with your circle, if you have family members, you know, what, regardless of what age you are, you know, we're talking about, you know, those of us over 40, you know, if you if you still have parents or an aunt or uncle, you can talk to friends. I, I say start there first. But then if you're finding that you don't have anybody you trust, then that's when I would start moving out to either uh, trying to find a therapist that can be difficult. You know, we have the 988 
number, especially if you're having the, those self-harm thoughts, those suicidal thoughts, and, and trying to find some kind of way to connect with people. Because you had mentioned earlier about the technology issue of how we're so we're connected electronically, but not emotionally or spiritually. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of what's missing with us. But trying to get hooked to therapy. But if not, you know, some people, you know, aren't religious, don't want to go to church. But if, if you are interested in that, finding a support group within that mm-hmm. or community groups that are that are around, like if you're a mom, you know, there's mocha moms groups, things like that to where where you just know you're not alone in it because in mm-hmm. your mind those those thoughts can make us think oh nobody else feels like this you're the only one that's irritable and depressed and bad attitude mm-hmm. and that's not true but those thoughts can send us in the wrong direction sometimes mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's um it's two things about that and I will read here Rontrice one what I'm hearing out of everything you said is Connection, mm-hmm. not being isolated, getting out of your own head. So step one, I would say, would, you know, em- embrace the idea that you need help and understand it's not a problem, you know, if if you ask for help, you're, you're not weak and that whole thing. And mm-hmm. then, you know, step two would be to reach out for therapy. And I understand, you know, again, it's a cash cow and everybody may not have the right intentions or folks may not know where to go. I always talk about Dr. Amber Thornton's website, Therapy for Black Girls. It is a database. So mm-hmm. you can click, you know, what you're experiencing or putting your zip code and you'll see who offers what in your area here in the U.S. The next thing, you know, would be to find social supports. So that's a church, that's a mom's group, some type of ladies group, a support group. You know, you mentioned the hotline, you know, sandbox champions. I hope y'all are writing. So those are just some, you know, intentional actionable things that you can do to start helping yourself. And the other thing is, you know, I would say a red flag is when you let yourself go. Not, you know, I got every Saturday and now I'm getting my hair done every two weeks. No, you're not eating, you're not bathing, you're sleeping too much, you're not sleeping enough. Mm -hmm. You know, you always got complimented on your clothes. Now you look a hot mess. You're not Mm -hmm. ironing. Well, hell, nobody irons anymore. But, (laughs) you know, you just completely let yourself go and now you're aggressive. I would say that's really the dead giveaway. Like, wait a minute, what? You know, that's like... Michelle Obama coming out the house in some torn cargo pants with stains on it and her hair uncombed and no jewelry and her legs, you know, ashy, no lotion. And yeah, (laughs) something's wrong when you're not like yourself. So, so sandbox champions, as I have promised, we're going to get into this Rontrice story for today episode 11, So What? I'm Grown, Mental Health and Arrested Development with our expert for the hour, Fran Harrison. And I'm just going to tell you about Ron Treese. It might seem over the top, y'all, but there are a lot of Ron Treese's out there. So our favorite big cousin, Ron Treese, was voted most likely to club hop one day because, hey, Ron Treese loves a good party and finally feels free to do so because she was never able to in her 20s. Problem number one. You see, Rontrice was that latchkey kid and, and she raised seven siblings while her dad worked. She just sent the youngest of her siblings off to Job Corps last month. This is context, folks. It was her mom's dying wish. So her baby sister's 25th birthday was actually the day that Rontrice found out she's four months pregnant, but she doesn't care. She said she has too many Friday nights 
to make up for. We all knew that person in class whose mama was strict. They couldn't go anywhere. We're passing them on the porch and they're looking sad. And yeah, just obligations at home, maybe. So when Rontrese isn't clubbing, she likes to throw house parties for her girlfriends. And she recently started drinking too. But as she says, it's only light sips. Rontrese is smoking weed again as well. Her ex and... Baby daddy number one exposed her to it in high school. Rontrese had a baby in the 10th grade, right? The year after, she and her mama were shot while walking home from the food donation center. So believe it or not, she still has a bullet lodged in her shoulder to this day and some burns on the side of her face from a house fire that killed her little dog, Sammy. Anyway, Rontrese's son lived with his dad, Jaquan, and Jaquan fills their son's head with all kinds of lies about his mom, even though the boy's grown. Jaquan threw Rontrese down a flight of stairs five years ago when he tested positive for gonorrhea. But Tree swore on her mama's grave. She knew she's not the one who infected him. Anyhow, Rontrese likes to date DJs. Of course, she, she's into guys who are obsessed with speed, motorcycles, muscle cars, regattas, you name it. Rontrese's dream, actually, is to one day, get this, MC an all-white New Year's Eve party on a yacht and marry a wealthy Bertram dealer, Lord. Rontrese has been having racing thoughts lately about all sorts of things, whether getting colonoscopy polyps removed will be painful, the pile of estate planning forms for her father, if, Lord, Michael and Mike Alicia would be good names for her newborn twins. And, you know, Rontrese wants to use the last of the money her mom left to her to open up an event space. No surprise there. Her current DJ of a boyfriend said it would be good for our future. But she also wants to own a pawn shop to gun ranges and the Spotify company. Rotrice is going on her first cruise next week. She's so happy. It's actually almost the 25th anniversary of her mother's funeral, unfortunately. And uh, Rotrice usually spirals into depression at this time of year. She still has a leftover bottle of Trazodone from last year, but she says it makes her feel sick. Rotrice is even tempted to start cutting again to numb her pain. And she's even contemplating getting another abortion. But her gynecologist is strongly against procedure number five. Wow. Rontrese really feels stuck. Sometimes she has reoccurring dreams about ending her life. That is Rontrese. How many of you are a Rontrese or no one? What are your thoughts, friend? This this is layered complex trauma. <laughs> It is multi-layered <laughs> complex trauma. And that and I guess that's my number one go-to now is trauma instead of like, what? Why is she doing all that? She's hosting all these house parties every weekend. Well, maybe I'm I'm envious. I'm like, every weekend you don't have other stuff going on. But it's to me, it's it's running from trauma. I mean, so many traumas, mom's death and abortion. Being shot, you know, even if if we just stop there, that's enough for anybody. But multiple layers, you know, being, you know, domestic violence, being thrown down the stairs. So that's multiple. So I know the ACEs study makes it seem like trauma stops at 18 and it doesn't. But, you know, if we go through her ACE score, I mean, it's definitely more than four. So she's definitely in that category of, you know, increased risk for health issues that that are going on. But, you know, and I wonder, you know, it talks about Ron Trees, you know, she's smoking weed. You know, is that her way of numbing the pain from her mm-hmm. mom's death and, you know, the abortion that she had and, you know, a way to just calm, you know, calm the pain, uh, soothe that pain that she has. And I, I'm not one to put a damper on people's dreams, but I'm thinking, OK, is she is she a big dreamer or is she having delusions of grandeur when she's trying to do all this? I want to own this. I want to do that. I want to do that. So mm-hmm. I would if I were her therapist, I would want to find out, OK, are these 
are these things that you follow up on or are you just, you know, throwing all of these things out there because, you know, because of the racing thoughts. And it's like, I want to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm being super productive. You know, I think with her, who, who does she have for social support? You know, we were just talking earlier about the supports and, and being intentional about that. Who does she have? Cause it's just a lot going on. And then your uh-huh. son, you know, your son's in job corps. So, you know, he's away. It doesn't seem like you have her, um, her, her baby sister, her, her, her mama's last wish was to see her baby sister off and make sure she did something with herself. So right, she did that. I'm wondering yeah. the cognitive behavioral therapy, the CBT therapy that you mm-hmm. specialize in, Fran, mm-hmm. how would you use that to even start working with Ron Trees? <laughs> so with TFCBT, we start with skills, calming skills. So it's basically well, psychoeducation and then calming skills. So instead of going right in and tell me everything about your trauma and then this person gets, you know, flooded with emotion and they're, ang- they're anxious and they freeze up, we try to find a way. OK, what helps you relax? You know, you know, I guess if we're on Zoom, you could smoke your weed. <laughs> it's like what helps right. you relax? <laughs> besides that, you know. We can teach skills like progressive muscle relaxation, where you're tensing your muscles, releasing. We find, okay, do you like ocean sounds? Do you like uh, the sound of rain falling? You know, we get that person as relaxed as possible. We do psychoeducation about domestic violence. Hey, did you know how three out of four women have reported domestic violence? And, And, you know, part of that, letting her know she's not alone. And then we see once we do those, we work on the emotional regulation part. Okay, can you name can you name all of your emotions? Are are you or are you emotionally stunted? Do you just kind of, oh, I just keep going. I don't I don't worry about how I feel. Slow down. Okay, how do you feel? Right, rank your anxiety one to ten. So we know if we can keep going or not, you know, if and then if Ron Therese is ready to start telling her story, we make sure the whole time start off. OK, how anxious are you today? Oh, I'm I'm a three out of five, a three out of ten. OK, is are you ready to keep going? Yeah. And then she can kind of go through her trauma and in a safe space, but not mm-hmm. where it's just, you know, me being nosy. Oh, tell me everything, girl, when he threw you down the stairs. <laughs> it's like, I want you to feel comfortable. And we right. we do a trauma narrative in the TFCBT realm where she could draw things out. She could write a story, her story out. She could just do a verbal oral presentation of her story. So where she's and then she could invite whoever she wants to the therapy session to hear to hear that, you know, with her mom being passed away, it might be the baby sister. It's like, okay, do you want to invite your sister in to hear your story and kind of uh, treat it that way of like owning your story and then making sure that cognitively she's aware of like, hey, it wasn't your fault of, you know, someone throwing you down the stairs. It doesn't matter what you did. I don't care if you cussed them out. I don't care uh, what you did. You didn't deserve that. You know, and the same thing with with other things she experienced. So, yeah, they they are a driver of the whole TFCBT treatment. And then now, OK, TF, I know what CBT stands for, but TF, oh, is, that, is that trauma focused? Yes. Yes. Trauma focused CBT. Okay, so it sounds like when you have layered complex trauma like this, that you CBT is good to baby step her into recovery. You know, she's got some foundational work to do. She got to see that this is a problem. Like, um, I don't know if you heard there were two snippets I did with Dr. Tracy Marks for episode Part two, one was about, you know, ADHD, but then we had the infamous Nikki story 
And the very last thing that Dr. Marks has said was, you know, after we identify, you know, this, 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 and this, Nikki at some point has to see how she is the common denominator in her problem, you know, and the same thing with Ron Trace, you know, Mm -hmm. that she's completely delusional. I mean, you four months pregnant, but your dream is to MC a white New Year's Eve party on and and marry a, for for those of you don't know, um, a top of the line yacht brand or company would be Bertram, B-E-R-T-R-A-M. That's what I mentioned. She wants to marry a Bertram (laughs) dealer so she can continue on Mm -hmm. her yachts. You know what I mean? And then that's why I say I like to, with some of these um, episodes, Fran, play a game that I don't know where I get this stuff from called Simon Says Symptoms, you know, regardless of what the illness could be, uh, whether it's bipolar disorder or narcissistic personality disorder or whatever. How many symptoms did you count in Ron Treese's story, right? And I said, I'm not a clinician, but I've been diagnosed forever and therapy forever. I can pretty much name this stuff from memory. I got eight. And you said you got how many friends? So I said six to eight. I guess I want to know, are some of these a problem? So like, is smoking weed a problem for her? Or to, is it interfering with her daily functioning? Now, now, I don't know if I missed the the four months pregnant part. I'm like, oh, OK, we can't be doing that. <laughs> we are. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I have alcohol, but it's only a light sip. I mean, she, she just she don't see the forest for the trees, but there is a need for that clinically. What is right. it? And so the um, all of everything together, these eight symptoms represent. So for me, I I start with the PTSD, but then I move into, like you said, the delusions of grandeur. And then I'm wondering, okay, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, is she having some some more things going on than than what I thought? Because mm-hmm. definitely the uh, the depressive symptoms with the history that by history of cutting and all of that. So, hmm. mm-hmm. so I'm not sure because I, I definitely said I didn't. My, what's throwing me off is that the current pregnancy, she has the, the son going to job corps, but then the four month. Oh, my goodness. Her, um, yeah. Yeah. Her, her baby sister off to job corps. I, I don't know what the adult son is doing. He just lives with his daddy and hears a bunch of lies. Oh. But yeah, I, I. <laughs> For those of you who've been listening and and keep telling me to tag Tyler Perry and stuff, you know, I'm not trying to make entertainment out of trauma. You know, we are already really into trauma porn as a society. But I I always look at realistically how much of my listening audience can relate mm-hmm. to these stories, how many, you know, Ron Trees or Lashana or whomever, Tracy, are out there listening. And based on symptoms, these are the behaviors. I don't have my notes in front of me, but yes, I counted eight. I know grandiosity was one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, the depressive symptoms, the self-harm. Yeah, I I counted eight. So with the Ron Tree story, you guys could DM me on IG if you want to participate, especially those of you who are grad students. I know I spoke to a couple of grad students mm-hmm. who aren't in their 40s, but hey, they happen to like Down for Disruption. The Instagram page is at Down for Disruption, F-O-R, Or you guys know that the show is a function or an extension of my overall mental health awareness company, and that is First Dibs on Change. 
also on IG with an underscore in between each word. So you can DM me, you can email the show, I disrupt at disruption.buzz. Just know we're always creating a buzz and tell me how many symptoms did you all get? Because this is a lot. So <laughs> I guess the last question, Fran, would be um, in terms of arrested development, especially as profound as somebody like Ron Trees, you know, starting therapy, hopefully, blah, 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 blah. Is is there a way to come out of this 100% or are you going to have some measure of immaturity, even if it's just a little bit or random? I mean, can you fully heal from arrested development? And what does that look like? I think there's healing, but you're still going to have some triggers to that throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you talked about Ron Treese having, at least having that little sister as that support. You know, if you can have people around you who can say, hey, you know, I'm starting to see those symptoms again, you know, like with the grandiosity of like, okay, maybe if we're having a manic episode or whatever it's going on, that person that loves you, Mm -hmm. that can say to you, hey, I, what if y'all might have to have a signal? <laughs> hey, I'm seeing it. What's going on? So where we don't get to level 10, maybe you're a one or two. So the healing, I know we want to say, oh, I'm healed. I don't have bipolar anymore, or I don't have, <laughs> you know, I don't have a personality disorder anymore. But the reality is you can heal, you can have a wonderful life, but you still have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself to be able to contain mm-hmm. some of these uh, symptoms. You know, she might always have big dreams, but she might have to be a little bit more realistic over it. I think um, as you we had talked earlier about having those connections, you know, she's going to need more than just little sister. So if she can, you know, either develop some friendships and some connections to different people who can say, okay, this is tough. Or even, you know, a support group as far as for uh, trauma survivors that could help her. So, so yes, healing's possible, but I don't believe that we can just totally erase that, um, you know, I have, I have a certain disorder or I suffer from a certain disorder. It doesn't have to take mm-hmm. over your whole life. That's good. That's good. Because I, I, I've heard so many times, man, I'm, mental people can't be helped. That's not true. It's not true. I, I mean, I, I used to be the poster child for a hot mess. Remember episode one, context for the show, hot mess loading. How did this happen? And, and all of the self-sabotage in my 20s from, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I knew what was not normal. You know what I mean? I, I I just, yeah, I used to be a hot mess. Prime example, real quick, I am diagnosed, medically speaking, with five mental illnesses, right? Mm-hmm. Borderline personality disorder being one of them. I've been in therapy for exactly 10 years come um, November. Well, with the nine traits, and I know we talked about borderline a little bit with Dr. Mars because that's one of her specialties. Mm-hmm. I had eight. I mean, everything but the whole delusional identity crisis. Mm-hmm. You you name it. The the impulsivity, the fear of abandonment. The I I had eight out of the nine. That was that it was seemed like they diagnosed me with something else every couple of years. But I got the borderline because um, I was so aggressive. I mean, blowing up, cussing everybody out. I was just always, always irritated and angry. I got the borderline diagnosis with those eight traits in 2015. It's 2023. I have five traits, sometimes six. Depends on if I'm triggered. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's it's never 100%. I'm going to go sit on the couch like they do in the reality shows, have a good cry, and bam. No, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing being fixed. Right. You know, again, nothing against my life coaches. I love y'all. But 
trauma recovery requires a clinician. You can talk to the life coach all day. Thank you. Trauma recovery, you, you know, it, it yeah. And the easy way to explain the difference between a life coach and a therapist, life coaches cannot assess, not clinically. I mean, they can give you the sheet with 10 questions and ask you what your problems are, but they cannot clinically assess, they cannot diagnose, and they cannot treat. Right. If you are or know a Ron Treese, Going to talk to your life coach who just, you know, shakes her finger at you about shopping too much is, is not what you want to do. You know, I, I, hey, respect her professionalism and her credentials. And you need a trauma recovery therapist. It is what it is. Okay. So thank you, Fran, for showing up today. How do people find you? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you taking new patients? And if so, is that by telehealth? There in Kentucky. So um, right now, since I am training and uh, seeing clients um, as needed or PRN, I'm not taking any clients. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to reach more people to give you some tidbits um, through Instagram reels. And you can find me at Fran Cares for You uh, with the number four and just uh, the uh, letter U. Fran Cares for You Therapist on Instagram and also on uh, YouTube at Fran Cares for You 504. And so I hope that I can at least, it's not a substitute for therapy, but at least give you some things to think about in terms of some of the things that you were asking today. What are the symptoms? Am I just going through a normal rough patch or do I really need to get into therapy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you just answered the question, how do people find you on social media? I usually like to take about a good five minutes at the end and, and, and let my guests, you know, give their brag book. What, what, what products do you have? Merch? You know, are you writing a book? Do you have a book? Do you have a website? Are you on YouTube? You know, it just, Yeah. <laughs> So Fran Cares, the number four, the letter U, therapist on IG. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. I guess with the two minutes that I have, have you treated or or in the times that you have treated someone with arrested development, how, and I know everybody's symptoms are different, mm-hmm. but overall, how long was it before you noticed improvements in that person's behavior? I would say the minimum, I'd say five to six months. And then, you know, and then okay. there are some that I'm still working with where you start to see, oh, they're starting to, there's those uh, little, uh, those light bulb moments going on. Mm-hmm. So you start to see some changes. Maybe they're a little bit more calm a little bit more clear-headed in session or they're making the, the things they're not doing, which I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for. Oh, I didn't go off on this person at the store that, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't let me use the coupon or whatever, or, Oh, um, I yeah. didn't cuss out my child's father uh, when they were acting a mm-hmm. fool. I just walked away. You start to see these little changes that add up over time. Mm-hmm. To say, oh, and some, you know, and sometimes, you know, I still work with uh, teenagers as well. Sometimes, same for them. Of okay, I didn't engage on social media when this person was trying to pull me in. So yeah, you can definitely mm-hmm. see those changes and a little bit of that decrease of of symptoms over time. But it is not a quick fix, definitely. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you've gone your whole life and people just say, oh, that's just how she is. Mm-hmm. And nobody has told you no. And there hasn't been no accountability. Right. Social graces are going to take a long time. Oh, <laughs> I'm not talking about please and thank you, social graces. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, not going to work telling your boss to kiss my ass. Right. OK. <laughs> we, Yeah. It's it just if, if that's what you used to do. Right. 
You know what I mean? I I I like to use uh I'll say this and shut up. Um what's her name? Taraji P. Henson oh. as as an example. Cause in her earlier roles, I said, is she gonna always be angry? Right. You know, a lot of her roles, she just was cussing everybody mm-hmm. out. You know, and and then like for example, as much as I hated the movie Baby right. Boy, you know, I like how at the end she, you know, started to do for herself. Right. Like, I'm not letting him drive my car. Exactly. He's not going to come over and get his way just because he gave me some hand. Right. I, we can't co-parent without all the screaming and yelling. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I stole my own stuff car, like Jody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jody, I hate you, Jody. My God, I live next door to Vet and Jody. Oh. There's just, just a really nice lesbian couple that lives next door to me and the lady who identifies as a femme she's so sweet that dude that she laid up with oh that heifer ain't wrapped tight at all i I have heard everything from screaming to in 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 our building there's two apartments on every floor and in the middle on the wall is a huge fire hydrant this heifer because the sweet girl locked her out uh, the lady that identifies as a stud, mm-hmm. she took the fire the fire um, extinguisher off of the daggone wall and bashed the door in because she wouldn't let her oh, in. No. Then another day, they were chasing each other into the parking lot. And then five minutes later, you know, the the nice girl, baby, let me in. I locked the door. I was so sorry. I'm wow. like, what in the vet and Jody is going on next door? <laughs> <Right. laughs> what the hell? Oh my goodness. Well, you don't even have to watch. I have yapped enough. <laughs> this has been fun, Fran. Thank you so, so much. We might have to have you back. Um, I'm trying to see how many therapists I can get on board to do a challenge, a um, independent living challenge. And I would like a couple of therapists, a finance coach, a social worker, and a social scientist to do this thing starting at the beginning of the year, oh, right? Especially going into Valentine's Day. Like, all right, y'all have these these thoughts mm-hmm. of leaving home or leaving college to get married. Never paid your own bill. Right. No money in savings. Hung your hat up on this Boaz and have nothing to fall on if he puts you out. It doesn't work. The door is padlocked. Mm-hmm. Never did a budget. Never been in therapy, but you can't wait to get a man. Right. You know, I really want to do an independent living challenge. Like, okay, ladies, let's let's see how we can start saving. I understand everybody can't Etsy and Uber, mm-hmm. but we all have a, a skill set of some sort. How can we start saving? How can we put money away? How how can we see what the going rate is for rent and security deposit yes. in our neighborhood? Let's do a cleanup your credit challenge, all the shit we was should have been taught before we left home. And a lot of us never were. This was at all. Yeah. I just heard uh, Michelle Singletary last night on NPR talking about how a lot of us, yes, the economy's not good, but we also have to know that we're overspending. You know, we might not be able to go to every concert and take every vacation just because we see other people on Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, and they were kind of challenging her a little bit. But but aren't you supposed to enjoy life? Yeah, but I in, enjoy not being in debt <laughs> because I spent my money on in debt. Taylor Swift right. tickets or whatever. So, yeah. Beyonce tickets. Right. And now you have a flat tire and you go into the junkyard and you know who's going to help you. Well, it's sure <laughs> worth an hour of your time. Now you feel stuck. Right. You know, you got to call your ex to put food in a fridge. And Yvette and Jody, there's always a dependence on a dude mm-hmm. or a soft place to land from an enabling family member. Right. Right. I really want to do an independent living challenge. Like, y'all stop putting these kids out at 18. They are not ready. (laughs) (laughs) They can't do it. Somebody teach them. Okay. Oh, sweet Jesus. All right, Fran. I'm done, y'all. I'm done yapping. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> this has been down for disruption. What do we say? Episode uh, ten 11, or something. I like think that. eleven. Uh, episode eleven. So what? I'm grown. Arrested development and mental health. Good God. Thanks, Fran. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Whew. Another day of healing on the books, my sandbox champions. We did it, ladies. Did y'all enjoy today's episode? Hey, listen, shoot me an email at lowercase letter I disrupt at disruption.buzz. I disrupt at disruption.buzz. Of course, we're starting a buzz. I'd love to hear from each and every last one of y'all. Now, again, while I AJ, do not give clinical advice. We we do welcome your feedback here about the show. Any thoughts on, you know, how you're currently healing or adjusting the diagnosis? Anything you want to share? Maybe a, a testimony or anything like that? Or heck, maybe just one event. Look, AJ, I get it. Life is lifing, right? Perhaps you've already started some type of uh, self-repair routine that you want to share, okay, let us know. And and where are my generational curse breakers? <laughs> Y'all better pull up. Anybody having that tough conversation with mama or somebody else who looked the other way? Breathe. I get it. I get it. And we are all in the safe sandbox to heal together. Be sure to subscribe to Down for Disruption on the Alive podcast app on iOS and Android, where you can support this podcast monthly and and share your favorite moments there as well. Follow Down for Disruption on Instagram at Down for Disruption. Once again, the Down for Disruption podcast is the safe sandbox for black and brown women over the age of 40 who are struggling to manage midlife while battling a mental health diagnosis. We are out here, ladies. Thank you so much for your time as usual. I had a blast. I am your favorite menopausal misbehave her. AJ Wright Mental, that's W-R-I-T-E Mental. See you in the sandbox next Saturday at 1 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Have a good Saturday, y'all. Bye-bye.